0: emails that I'm getting, they're really, really good. I can't express that enough. I mean, some of these are fantastic. I was going back and forth with this one guy today and he's like, hey, I got a good story for you. It's like a good Robin Hood story. I'm like, good Robin Hood bro story? I'm all about that. I want to hear a good Robin Hood bro story because a lot of these emails that I'm getting, the Robin Hood bros are blowing up their account, whether it's on GNUS, kodak they're blowing up accounts and it's happening left and right yes i know some of them are getting good but if you look at these guys like you look at it today apple amazon they're trading at all-time highs apple especially i mean the thing was trading at like what 445 as share the stock is actually the top stock of new positions being added that means these people are adding apple more than any other stock at 445 all i can think about is did you guys just find out that apple was publicly traded like, why were, Why are you guys all of a sudden inspired by Apple when it becomes a $2 trillion company? Was $1 trillion not enough to get long on it? Anyways, I'm not long on it. I'm a trader, But I'm sure as heck not going to go chasing it after it's had like a 20% move over the last 7 or 8 days. Definitely not happening. But in any case, this guy, his name's Larry. Actually, his name's not Larry, but we're calling him Larry. I didn't come up with the name Larry. The guy says, hey, if you use this email, you can call me Larry. I want to respect the guy's wishes and call him Larry. And... I'm drinking a uh, hard seltzer. Have you guys had these things before? It's like 5%, 100 calories. That's really the main reason why I'm drinking it. I'm going to do a podcast at 11 o'clock at night. I'm going to have something to uh, make it tasty. So, yeah, I'm drinking one of these things. They're not too bad. I can't do white claws because I feel like there's like something with the bro code. You just don't drink a white claw as a dude. I could be wrong. Maybe there's dudes out there that do it. Maybe their name's Chad. But anyways... I can't drink a White Claw. That's just, I have to turn on my man card if I do that. So I found the next best thing, Vizzy Hard Seltzer. No, this is not a paid advertisement, but I'm drinking one. Sometimes I'll just make myself an old fashioned, but I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight, man. I got to like trim down about five, 10 pounds. I've been running about two or three miles about four to five times a week after the market closes, but um, didn't do that today. So I don't get to have an old fashioned. Any case, let's get into Larry's email. He says, Hey, Ryan, I thought you would. And and by the way, before I get too deep in this email, I haven't really read this whole thing yet. So we're we're going on the fly with this thing, but I read snippets of it to know that it was pretty good. So he starts off, Hey, Ryan, I thought you would enjoy and appreciate my my story of starting as a trader in the amount of respect you have earned in my eyes over the short time frame and this sometimes ruthless world of finance and economics. Man, that's a nice way to start a good story. I like it. As I titled this email, Story of the Robin Hooder, The Good Kind, I want you to know that not all of the new up-and-comers in Robin Hood are blindly going at the stock market like Rambo into the enemy-infested jungle expecting to come out of it with riches and a new woman on his side. By the way, Rambo First Blood Part 2 his woman on his side got shot up. Pretty bad. I think it was like an AK-47. I mean, she got annihilated. Hopefully, there are more like me that realize that this thing called the stock market has been around for a long time and they will be here long after we're dead. That's true. I think all new traders should always keep in mind, as well as myself, that stock trading is a big, big world and does not care about any one person or individual in it. You must manage your risk and expect the worst. I 100% agree with it. And it's true. It's true. Market, if I died tomorrow, the market keeps on trading. It's still going to go ding, ding, ding at 930 a.m. Eastern time. It doesn't care about the individual traders and it doesn't care about whether we're long or short in a stock. It's going to do its own thing. It's not saying, hey, Ryan's long. I'm going to go down today. Hey, Ryan's short. I'm going to go back up today. It doesn't care doesn't care about any of us. He goes on to say, I'll give a couple of examples how I learned this even before I started in March of this year. My father's best friend since he was a child had a huge impact on me my entire life. I always called him Uncle Rob. It's part of me that's hoping he was going to say Uncle Buck. Remember that movie from what was it the 80s? I think it had Macaulay Culkin in it and it had John Candy. How can you not like Uncle Buck? He is retired from a large oil company. He was one of the head accountants with the company for many years and traveled all around the world at various times of his life. He's one who actually explained to me what the stock market is and the basis of how it works when I was a kid. Brilliant and humble guy. That's great to have mentors. And I can't express that enough. Having a mentor or a trader. I'm usually helping a few people out on an ongoing basis. I offer it on my website. But yeah, I, I, I think that having a mentor in the stock market, it's, it's huge. It, Pays huge dividends in the long run because they can explain to you their experiences, the repercussions for some of their own bad trades in their life, and uh, it just really save you a lot of time and frustrations. When I told him recently how I started to show a lot of interest in the stock market, he said politely, Be very careful. Now, he wrote this in all caps Be very careful. Being the devil's advocate, I asked him specifically, Why? Without giving a specific answer, he wanted to tell me in more detail what his brother's job actually is. His brother sounds like a real gangster here. I'm just a little bit nervous reading this next paragraph. I never met his brother, but growing up, Uncle Rob, who I wish was also called Uncle Buck, told me about him. His brother has a PhD in mathematics and also computer science. He was one of a handful of people who actually invented and developed the card game Magic the Gathering, which is why growing up, me and my two brothers played the card game constantly. I gotta look up Magic the Gathering. Should I know what this card game is? I don't know, maybe I should. I'm not I'd be embarrassed if everybody's played this except for me. Um he now works for some type of investment company in the Northeast developing algorithms and is on the front end of research in the field of behavioral finance. Oh, he's one of those dip buyers, it sounds like, isn't it? Nah, he he sounds like he's a pretty smart dude, so maybe he's just not buying the dip. He probably has some way of like exploiting the people who buy the dip. Then might be a friend. Now on to me. I'm 32 years old, a young professional in medicine. I'm a physician's assistant in orthopedic surgery and spine surgery and have been in this field going on seven years. Holy cow, man. Dude is smart. My entire family is in medicine, so that is all I have ever really known my whole life. I would just say this. The guy sounds smart. Be careful when you're smart in the stock market because there's a tendency to rely on your smarts and to think that you can outsmart or outwit the market, and it always comes back to burn you. So if you're smart, got to kind of pretend that you're dumb. For me, it's not hard because for me, I pretty much know I'm not that smart. I'm just kind of street savvy and I'm savvy enough to realize I'm not that smart. And as a result, it plays well with the stock market and has played into my advantage over the years. In short, without going into too much detail, a PA is like a co-pilot of a C-130 or a 747 and the surgeon is the pilot. I've studied my ass off to get a bachelor's in biology and then a master's after PA school. The world of ortho and spine surgery is second nature to me now. Putting back together broken legs and arms that are sticking out of the skin is not a big deal to me. Let me just say... I have huge respect for people who can deal with that kind of gore. I mean to me, that's like Game of Thrones territory right there. I don't I don't need to see that stuff. I just like to pretend that whole world doesn't even exist. I like how he brought up the co-pilot, because I think in the last podcast that I did last week, I, I talked about there being a uh, about the guy being a pilot and how that translated into the stock market and simply just learning a new set of skills. He finishes that paragraph off by saying, In spine surgery, one of the many jobs that I have in surgery is assisting and protecting a person's spinal cord as myself and the surgeon are operating. Oh, see, that's pressure I don't need. I think shorting the market or is, is a lot of pressure. You're trying to keep somebody from having to like not be paralyzed? That's some pressure right there. I don't need that kind of pressure in my life. Makes me nervous just reading it. Not trying to get queasy and lightheaded. It is a serious job that requires a lot of precision and focus, and the best make it look very easy. One of the best quotes I've kept with me in surgery, but also the stock market was told to me by an ortho-trauma surgeon. It is, always expect a snake under every rock. Huh. This keeps you level-headed in surgery and never caught off guard. You would probably agree this holds true in stocks. Now, I've never actually used that, that saying before. Never actually ever heard that saying before. Again, I hope this isn't like Magic the Gathering card game where everybody else has heard of it except for me. But um, nonetheless... I like the saying though. Always expect a snake under snake under every rock. I think I'll probably keep that one with me. I think that's very true when you go into individual trades or even just the ETFs or whatever. You got to expect. What are the snakes that are underneath the rocks on this trade? What are the potential landmines that you could come across? What are the things that you have to be most aware of? Like Tesla, for instance, right? Yeah, it things gone from like 300 to 15, 1,600 at one point since December. And then it came back down and tested it again and went right back up in March. But there's still landmine. Guy tweets out things like, I think the stock's too high. I have no idea why the stock's this high. He says things taking the, the stock private. Those are kind of snakes under the grass. I'm not calling Elon Musk a snake. I think the guy is an innovator. But I'm not going to say that There's not some snakes under the rocks with that particular stock. There's a lot of headline risk. Same thing with Kodak. Kodak was like freaking Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark when they get thrown down into the pit and there's just snakes everywhere. (laughs) It's kind of like Boeing too. I think Boeing is like snakes everywhere. So in late March, when COVID began running rampant, I myself became sick with COVID. What? This was, I believe, a day after the market bottomed. Whoa, so he had like a COVID bottom. Oh, boy, if I would have known that, I might have uh, tried to hang out with some COVID folks, man, Try to time that bottom like he did. After only feeling sickish for about four days. And I know that sounds kind of demented, but gosh. As a trader, your mind goes in dark places if you think you could time a bottom somehow. After feeling only sick for about four days, I felt back to normal. Given I had to self-quarantine for a total of 14 days, I realized very quickly that boredom was beginning to set in. Couldn't go through my normal routine of getting up early and going to the office to read up on patients or read other various medical books that I have there. So at 5 a.m. on day five, watching TV talk about a market crash and then scrolling through Facebook and seeing a green feather icon on an advertisement that had to be the Robin Hood bro ad, it dawned on me stonks. He does. He uses stonks and caps. I love that. I started like most Googling finance, basic terms, and then YouTube videos and podcasts. After getting a basic grasp, I opened up an account. Here's what I think is the important step I took. I have a great job with what I call a decent income for the average American. I started small, half of one paycheck. This was not a new job. I was starting just potentially a learning experience that would open my mind to the world of finance I've never known in my life. If I lost it all trying to roll the dice, then so be it. I was an idiot. Or I can slow and play things and educate myself while I do it to hopefully understand more and more from a field that people know way more about than I do. Pretty smart of a man. I don't think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people just go headstrong in there. It's like, hey, look at Kodak. It's up 2,000% in the last couple of days. Let's get long. And that's what a lot of people do. I'm making this entirely too long, he says, so I'm going to wrap this up. Bottom line. I like this story. It was a good story. I did my research, I still became a bag holder early on and in some cases, but that was okay. It was not a lot of money and a good learning experience. I watched and listened to a million videos of various YouTubers, but not to find stock names, but to learn and understand their vocabulary. I picked up on the lingo and researched the meaning of each until I understood both fundamental and technical analysis. Most seemed like a used car salesman, which was an immediate turnoff, but then I stumbled upon your videos. They were more about the humble advice and warnings than anything. I was happy to see that in the world of evil financers, that there are down-to-earth, humble, experienced traders like yourself, so thank you. Well, you're welcome, man. I, uh, I've lost a lot. I've, I've won a lot and, uh, I've, I've, I've had a lot of experience and there's, there's one thing that a lot of these guys on YouTube, I don't think a lot of these guys have ever placed a trade in their life. I really don't. I think that they're just putting together fancy videos, which is something that I'm not as good at doing as they are. They put a lot of pizzazz me. I record the videos. I immediately edit them. They take about four to five hours for me to edit. It takes a lot of time. I don't have a team of people doing it. And if I had a team, I don't think that they could get the right message out. I think it would just be convoluted and I care more about the message than the the looks or the feel of, of the video itself. So I do it myself. I don't think anybody else could because it's that experience, that understanding that I want to make sure is being conveyed in the videos. I could write even longer about how this is a new and exciting field to me, but I'll spare you because... You've been in my shoes before, so you get my drift. Lastly, I don't plan on adding any more money in my day trading account. This is my personal challenge to stay the course and earn it. When I get there, I'm up 80% from the beginning. That is awesome. Thanks again. And he said this is the first time he's ever written his story And I'm glad, man. I'm, I like this story. Look, there, there's, there's not a lot of, to criticize here. He didn't go in with these lofty goals and, and crazy ideas of how he was going to be the super rich guy. He took a half a paycheck. Everybody can recover from a half a paycheck. You took a half a paycheck and put it in the market without commissions. Even if that's like $500, you can still learn how to trade the stock market now that there's no commissions. It's a great thing. So he didn't do something that's going to wipe him out. In fact, if you get 26 paychecks a year, every other week, he basically put like less than 2% of his yearly salary into the stock market because he was wanting to learn. And he readily admits, look, I was a quarter on this trades and that's okay. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was a good learning experience. Look, I've been a bag holder before. I know what it's like to be a bag holder and it's going to happen to everybody. What I try to do is keep you guys out of the obvious bag holder type trades, but he's doing the right thing here. One thing I didn't see a lot of is about how is he managing risk. So I hope that he's doing that, that he's going into the trade knowing where he's going to get out of the trade if it goes wrong. Now, granted, if it goes right, you don't always know exactly where you're going to get out because the thing could gap up 100% the next day. That doesn't happen very often, but let's just say in theory it does. Okay, you're getting out a little bit higher than what you were expecting to. But you've also got to know where, okay, am I going to take profits incrementally along the way? Where would I do that at? If it's up 5%, would I take it? Or if it does this, will I do that? You've got to plan those kinds of things out. You. But the most important thing, even if you don't plan for what you're going to do when the trade goes well for you, at least, which you should though, at least... Plan for what you're going to do if the trade does not work out well for you. If it goes wrong, where do you get out at? Because if you don't do that, that's where you really set yourself up for some massive failures when the stock starts going down 50% because you got in on some kind of hyped up overvalued play that just made you think it was going to infinity. Instead, it dropped 50 or 60% like a Kodak. The things trading in the teens now it was trading last, what, Tuesday or Wednesday at $60 a share? Come on, guys. But I like this guy's attitude. This is a good Robin Hood story because he's taking a good approach to his trading. Now, hopefully at some point he'll migrate off of the Robin Hood platform and onto something else to where he has a little bit more tools to where he's just not reliant on the phone because really there's nothing special about Robin Hood. I ain't I don't have anything against Robin Hood. I tried it one time out, okay, and I've I've seen how they make it kind of cool for the millennials and everything else, but there's a lot better stuff out there, in my opinion. But he's doing his research. He's learning, and that's the big thing. He's not getting sucked into these uh, financial gurus that act like they know everything, that they can make you $1,000 a week. Dude, there's nobody out there that can guarantee that. If they could, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be putting a disclaimer on there. And if they could, then they would be scaling it up for themselves to where instead of $1,000 a week, they're making $1, 000, 000 a million dollars a week. Or in some of these cases, they're saying like $1,000 a day. I mean, it's just absurd. There's there's no holy grail, but so many of these people, and that's why I'm always saying like, be aware of these people. They're trying to put like the holy grail out there of trading to make you think that you can just make money every single day. And there's going to be days where you lose money. I have days where I lose money and that's okay. I have times where I have lose money over the course of a week, over the course of a month. Sometimes I'm just not on the right side of the trade. And that's going to happen to everybody, even to the best of us. Look, I mean, what did Warren Buffett lose, like $50 billion or something crazy? Come on. Everybody loses money in the stock market. There's, uh, these advertisements are just crazy. That's why I focus so much more on the education and just on the education, because I want you to find your way in the stock market, and I want to help you find your own way in the stock market. But I'm not going to sell you some golden promise that's basically nothing more than a pile of crap, because I can't guarantee you anything. Because the, the stock market is a new adventure every single day. There's going to be new challenges, new opportunities, and you've got to conquer them every day. And how do you do that consistently is by managing the risk. How many of these people do you see out there that are saying, hey, instead of I'm going to make you $1,000 a day, how many of them say, hey, I'm going to make you $1,000 a day by teaching you how to manage the risk? There's nobody that says that because it's not sexy. The stuff that I talk to you about is not sexy. But you want to know something? It'll save your butt in the long run. It will, but you got to get past this dream and hope of riches and fame and glory and the, and the, Going into these trades like Rambo looking to get a woman by his side at the end of it all. Man, you're not going to be getting the Lambos and you're not going to be getting the women in bikinis at the end of a trading day. It just doesn't happen like that. You apply yourself and you keep trying to make good trading decisions over the course of many days, months, and years. Yeah, you'll start having a little bit of a nest egg there for yourself, but you got to be patient with it and not try to shoot for the moon right out of the gate. That's what a lot of people are doing. They're going for the riches and they're never going to get it. That's going to do it for this podcast today. If you guys have any questions, let me know. Hey, by the way, I said this in the last couple of podcasts, I think. I'm trying to go to two a week. I need to hold myself to that. But I'm going to try and do that this week. It's Monday. I've already got my first podcast out. I'm going to try and get another one out somewhere around Wednesday of this week. So let's hope I can do that get two of them out there and we'll keep hammering this out if you got a story if you got questions or something that you want me to address send it to me at ryan at sharepointer.com and i'll be sure to check it out and try to respond to your email through a podcast i'll never give away your identity i didn't give away larry's because it's not really larry it's somebody else it will only be a secret to me and the person who pretends to be larry all right guys